There's no perfect mother. Right? We're all in process. There are days where you have those critical voices and you have to say to yourself, how is this helpful right now? It is okay to have feelings. Honor them, take care of them, understand them. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Are you looking for online therapy? Are you stuck at home like everyone else? High stress, high anxiety, worried about the future, trying to navigate everything, have a lot of worries, had a lot of emotional roller coaster rides up and down, just like me. BetterHelp.com is one phone call away, one Zoom call away, one text away. It's an online platform for therapy. It's so perfect for now, for coronavirus, for what people people are going through now. We can reach out and get the perfect therapist that meets our needs. Don't wait. Check them out. See if you can find somebody. Don't struggle. They're so affordable. They are so affordable. You're sitting at home. Every therapist is working online now. Reach out and get help you need. If you are struggling, don't struggle in silence. I am so grateful that they are giving us 10% off the first month so you can get affordable access to therapy. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Start your wellness, get help, get support you need. Hello. In this episode, you are going to hear a great conversations for moms or moms-to-be. I am speaking with Dr. Claire Nikogoshin. She is a clinical psychologist, lives in Rhode Island, a mom to four. She's coming out with her new book, which I'm so excited about, Mama, You Are Enough, How to Create Calm, Joy, and Confidence in the Chaos of Motherhood. In this conversation, we deep dive into how important it is to take care of ourselves as moms. There is no perfect mom. We are doing the best we can. It's all about self-love and acceptance, nurturing ourselves, Nurturing herself is not selfish. She gives us all kinds of ideas and tips and why we even go into that negative mindset and how important it is to be healthy with our mind, with ourselves, with our body, and how important it is for moms to take care of themselves. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. It was powerful. It was important. I took notes for myself as a mom to five. I took notes to myself. This will be the first episode. I'm going to have another episode that we really deep dive into step-by-step tips to how to build our self-esteem, how to build our self-love, how to give ourselves compassion, and how to fall in love with ourselves. 
Hope you enjoy this. And remember, if you know a mom out there that needs a little bit of self-love motivation, share it with them. Share this episode with one mom that you think can enjoy this and can really get a boost of, I could do this. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for joining me here, Dr. Claire. I'm so grateful that you made it. And we're here recording right before your book comes out, which is so, so exciting. Your book sounds like something that I need to leave by my bedside and probably read it all the time because I'm a mom of five. Um, You're a mom of four. I think I can use any tips and tricks from your book. So before we deep dive into our conversation today, you're a mom, a clinical psychologist, you have private practice, you wrote a book, you wrote in so many blogs, magazines, you're basically leading in the world of self-care, self-compassion, self-love, especially for mamas, especially for mamas. I want my audience to get a little bit of a background about you and how did you get into this path of being a psychologist? What made you want to become a psychologist? And why did you choose um, the topic of mamas? Is it because it was personal to you and you thought that you did all the work with yourself and you want to share it with the world or you felt that the world is craving it and they need more? Well, what a lovely intro and thank you for that. And it's so great to be with, with you today. And Anytime that I have the opportunity to talk with another mom like yourself with who's spreading all this great information about mental health and compassion, it's what our world needs right now. And we as mothers are on the front line of kind of creating this foundation for a new generation. So I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. Um, so thank you for having me. And thank you. Well, I'd love to talk about my book um, a little more, but to first go into, you know, addressing that, that question is so... I'm a clinical psychologist, licensed clinical psychologist, and also a clinical instructor at uh, the Department of Psychiatry and Human Behavior at Brown University. So I am... I I live, breathe, and think about ways to stay healthy as not only a a provider, as a clinician, um, as an instructor, and as a mother and a wife and a friend. So, you know, there's so many different roles. Um, Your story may be different, but we're we're all as moms and parents wearing so many different roles and so many different hats right now. Um, So that's kind of where my interest comes from is just how do we stay, be our best selves and our healthiest selves um, not perfect, but healthy. Right, right. And so my journey to be a psychologist, I was really fortunate started young. Um, I knew at a young age, I wanted to help people. Um, what was interesting, I, I wanted, I was fascinated with the world of healing. And, you know, being raised Catholic, I was very interested in what priests do. And when I realized that as a female, I could not be a priest, um, I thought, well, what, what what can I do? Like, how can I help people? And it, initially, my calling was to be a, a pediatrician. But then life when I when I went to college took a different path. And I found psychology and I just something clicked where it didn't it was effortless. There's such a curiosity about it. So um, I have a master's in counseling and a, a doctorate in clinical psychology. Again, to speak to how fortunate I was at like at 17, 18, I knew this was my path around that time. So I've started working at a crisis hotline, volunteering, and I've worked in any setting you can imagine that a mental health clinician would work in. Um, so I feel very grateful for that. You know, I've worked in group homes and crisis hotlines and inpatient psychiatric hospitals and outpatient settings, community mental health, college universities, and, and now as a mother of four, 
private practice and um, teaching are a perfect match so I can be available to my kids and really take care of them. We don't, we don't have family around here. But that being said, when I became a mother, you know, I had all these advanced degrees. I, I started experiencing these feelings and these reactions that no one was talking about, or if they were talking about is very private, or it felt shameful. And there's so much pressure on new mothers. And some of that is society. Some of that is our um, extended family. Some of that is ourselves. There are many layers of being the perfect mother. And that was really um, hard for me. I had twins that were born premature. Twins. Twins. So my oldest oh. are 17. They're fraternal girl. I have all daughters. They're fraternal twins. And they were born 33 weeks, spent two weeks in the NICU. Um, so my entrance to motherhood was really nothing I could have imagined, nothing I expected, nothing I prepared for. And I remember this moment where I brought my girls home after being in the NICU, and I felt so ill-equipped for the emotions that I felt, for the responsibility that I felt, that I, I, I had no more free time. And, and it wasn't that I was someone who needed a lot of free time for myself, but every single decision I made from the moment my daughters came into the world was about them. And so there was this huge shift that happened within me. And I remember going to playdates with other moms and wanting to get real and be like, okay, is anyone else struggling? Like, yeah. Is anyone like, we can talk about the baby's sleep schedule and right. nursing schedule and bottle feeding and co-sleeping and whatever it may be. But what about our mental health? Right. What about what we're going through? What about that level of responsibility? Right. So in a nutshell, that really was the seeds that were planted out of experience and observation in my right. private practice. Wow. And I said, you know, women would come in and they would share their stories that were mirroring mine. Right. But I wasn't hearing that in the greater scheme outside the therapy hour. Wow. And that's what motivated me to write this book. Wow. From the beginning when you, wait, so first of all, I want to go just a little bit back in history. When you became a psychologist, were you a mom already after your degree, all your degrees? You got, you decided to have children only after you graduated and became a clinical psychologist? Right. So just to give you a, you know, for, for listeners who may not be familiar with this, but you know, my, I went to four years of college, two years of a master's program. And I think Oh my gosh, I lose I lose track account account after I finish my dissertation. Maybe seven years for my doctor. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. So, and then you have to do it, like be an intern or like practice in it, right? Which yeah. is which is like fifteen years before you you can actually go on your own and start. It's amazing. It's insane. So, <laughs> it is, it's a lot. So I always say that like you know if there's one thing is is that I was fortunate to know I wanted to do this. From the beginning. But again, being in my, you know, late 20s, you know, got married and I didn't want to put life on hold anymore. And my husband and I decided we were ready to start a family. You know, that there's a great picture. Um, I was put on bed rest when I, while I was finishing my dissertation. Wow. And two weeks wow. after two weeks after the girls were born, um, premature, I had my graduation ceremony with my doctorate. So there's a picture. Oh, I cannot yeah. even imagine that. Two babies. So it was, That's... it was literally the, the, it was literally the, the two roles of my lifetime coming together in this wow. one, you know? Wow. Wow. Just talk about that powerful moment for a woman as a woman to fulfill her dream, to work hard through school, 
to want to start her life as in her dream practice and to be a mom, which is also new and to twins. twins. <laughs> oh my God. Like I, I can't even imagine what it was like. Wow. So I now, now it makes sense that this was your passion because you had a lot going on, like a lot for me. I wasn't in school. I was having uh, a single babies every few years and I was feeling overwhelmed and I was not working at the time. I actually left workforce in order to start my family. I was in a corporate world and I knew that I would not be able to, to delegate properly. I won't be able to multitask and I'm going to fall apart. I actually knew that. And I said, and my sisters, my two older sisters were in the corporate world and they were, one has 11 children, one has nine and I'm saying corporate, like big time. One is a CEO and one is a COO, big companies. At the time, they were project manager, managers and they were doing a lot. But every year or so, they were having babies. And I knew I can't do that. I knew it would be too much for me. And part of my ego was a little bit shattered. Like, am I less than them? Am I as good as them? Exactly. And that's the fascinating part, right? And I really relate to what you're saying because my husband's job at the time was very demanding and he was traveling a lot. And because the girls were premature, my career went on hold. It went on pause. So I really connect to what you're saying through, and it sounds like you and I share this gift of, of observing other people yeah. <laughs> and using that as like information on how we're going to guide our choices. And that was the same process for me that I, I had to make a very difficult but needed decision that my career after all these years of, you know, needed a pause because I had two babies that were vulnerable. They were born in the wintertime to RSV. They were premature. And it, it, it just, we were very fortunate. We made a lot of choices and scaled back the, our, our lifestyle in many ways, but I don't regret that. But it is interesting that what you say there is so true that I see so many women and, and myself included have gone through that is how we measure our worth. And I think that's a bigger conversation for, you know, right now during this pandemic, um, as we're recording, you know, I've seen these memes come across social media that never again will we question what a mom who works from home, stays at home does. Right. Absolutely. And so I am, I, I feel so grateful that I've had so many different experiences in, in, at home, in, you know, working outside the home, because I really understand all those dimensions that you're talking about, how to prove our worth. Right. And if we're not getting a paycheck, we still have worth, you know, right. we have so much worth. And how do you put, how do you measure the value of what you and your spouse and partner need to do to make a choice to raise your family? That's a deeply, deeply personal right. decision and circumstance. Some people don't have those choices. Right. So I really relate to that. Um, but I did take a little time off and, and I felt like it was such a gift to do that, but it came with its own complications. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and your work is such a gift to the world because so many moms feel alone in this world of, am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right choice? And there is no one size fits all. There is no right choice. The only right thing is to know that you're doing the best you can and you're showing up with your own core values and what's fitting your, your previous choices to your family, to your commitments and to whatever you want to build in life. And sometimes the choices are really hard like really hard. And sometimes it questions like, did I make my right choice five years ago? You know, did I do the right thing? Having 
three children, five children, whatever it is. Like sometimes we question it when we're feeling weak and vulnerable and we feel like we're not showing up properly. And what you write in your book is so incorrect. And, and in all of your articles is about that if you don't pamper yourself and you don't take care of yourself and you don't give yourself the time that you need because you're so busy giving your children, your profession, or your husband, your sisters, your friends, showing up in the world in the best spotlight. And then where's the me? And then the me, me disappears. And then the me cannot give anymore to anyone. Right. And then part of her is depleted, exhausted, burned out, and is suffering. You know, that I think that speaks to the larger piece of that self-doubt that we go through as mothers. Um, and I think what I would you know, encourage you and other listeners who, who are hearing this conversation between us is in those moments where you say, oh, should I have done something different three years ago, five years ago? I always say, you know, and, and to either clients I work with, my daughters, friends, myself, is at that moment with all the information you had available, you made the decision that made sense then. And they so- did the best you can. You did the best you can. So sometimes like what is what is experience and time? It's wisdom. So you can't go back and say, oh, maybe I should have done X, Y, Z. Because in that moment, you didn't have that experience and time. You didn't have that wisdom. So I, I really encourage people to stay in the here and now and be so compassionate with ourselves and other people. And, um, you know, right now, well, a lot of what I do is, is encourage parents and specifically mothers really to take care of themselves. And I hear a lot of pushback sometimes, like, but there's no time. Where do I get the time? I don't have a supportive partner. There's so much to do. I don't have enough resources. There's no one to watch the kids. There's oh my no God. Time. Yes. All of those, right? yes, all yes, the time, yes. all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so what I say, if, if, if the one part of self-care that you can do is to be kind to yourself. And so emotional self-care starts with how we speak to ourselves in our mind, right? In this moment, it's would you talk to a friend or your spouse or a, a, um, someone you love, your, you know, the way you talk to yourself in your mind? Oh my God, I'm loving this. Right? And so that's what I always remind myself is that we we're, the critical voice in our head, if we can even pay attention to that and see ourselves with more love and compassion, instead of judgment, instead of shame, instead of critical voices. And, and I think the other piece is, you know, part of self-care is knowing what you need. And so my self-care and your self-care, you know, you have five children, I have four, is going to look really different than, than other women who maybe have one child or, you know, adult children or, you know, triplets. And there's no greater or less than it's, it's knowing yourself and knowing what you need to be healthy and grounded and show up in the moment as a mother and a woman and a person that you want to show up as in the moment. Right. And feeling worthy of getting it and not saying I don't deserve because I don't work. So I'm not making the money. So I don't deserve a massage. I don't deserve to go out for coffee. I don't. And I hear this all the time. I'm not working, so I can't afford to. I don't really deserve. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. And, and as you said, go back to the voices you tell yourself. Would you tell your best friend that's working hard at home with the children you don't deserve? Never. Never. And here's the other curious part. What do we monetize as value? Because you cannot put a price on raising your children. Whether your you know, child is in daycare, 
Um, whether your child's in school and you work creative hours so you can be available, whether whether you have extended family taking care of, of your child, you're still the primary decision maker and nurturer and internalized part of your child's whole life. That is a value that that it really it really gets under my skin when we start putting a price tag on something that's immeasurable. Uh, you know, working at you know working in the the workforce, right, versus working at home to support your partner so they may go out and provide whatever your agreement is within your home. If you think about what a mother does in a day, she never gets a private ba- bathroom break. Really. Never. Never. Right. She's probably eating her food, standing up. Or leftovers from her children's or leftovers plate. Leftovers from the children. She's, everything she does, you know, is is thinking through what, what do my children need? If that was in the workforce, you know, that would not be OSHA compliant. A hundred percent. So, so, so I think what, what I, why, what I really encourage women to do is to shift into this mindset that you've got to take care of yourself because you know, there's this study that that came out, and I and I don't have the exact, I don't remember the exact reference, so I, I can't share those details with you. But on average, when a person calls their primary care physician or a mental health professional, they've had some type of symptom, mental health, physical symptom that they've been suffering with for a little while. Some up to upwards of 18 months. One of my goals is to educate and inform and really put into understandable information that physical self-care, mental self-care, emotional self-care, spiritual self-care, social self-care is all part of this bigger piece of our well-being. And so there's we need to get rid of these words like deserve. I mean, because that 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 again starts getting into this judgment category. It just is. You know, you need sleep. I need sleep. Do we deserve sleep? No, we 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 need it. That's what we need. So, so I like to shift out of those words and say that self care, you know, is is not something we deserve. It's something we need to thrive. Just like sleep and eat. Just like sleep and, and going eat. to the bathroom. No and one says, "I'm sorry, you can't go to the bathroom. You don't deserve." You went a few times. Right? Sorry. <laughs> and I want to add to that. I always say that people come to me all the time and say, how, how do I heal? How do I start healing? And they list everything that's going wrong. Everything. Their kids, the schools, the husband, the work, the, the, the community, the mother-in-law, the this, the that. Okay. Everything's falling apart. Where do I start? I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I can't sleep. I can't eat. And it happens all the time. I was there. I was there. It is the darkest, most horrific place to be. Horrific. It's so frightening, isn't it? And when you have children, you just don't know. Like, I can't show up as what I chose to be a mom. Like, and and they're alone. Who's going to take care of them? Like, it's the worst, worst thing in the world. Okay. I say to them, listen, there's endless recipes and cocktails for healing. Endless. And each one has their own path. But I'll tell you one thing. No healer, no medication, no doctor. I don't care what you're going to do no yoga, meditation, nothing is going to help if you don't start with the number one thing, which is self-love, acceptance, compassion, and care. Those are the number one. And you could do yoga, meditation, and and take medication, and it's going to work. But something's going to happen in life that's going to just 
come tumbling down if you don't have that foundation that's rock solid of your self-worth, which is a combination of self-care, compassion, it's not going to stick. Nothing you're going to do is going to stick. It's going to come tumbling down. So I say to them exactly what you say, start noticing that you are worth it that you, and take care of yourself. Start writing yourself little letters, little post-it notes in the morning. Thank yourself at night for how hard you worked that day. Don't look at the times that you yelled at your children. Look at the times that you smiled at your children. Start with the little things, the little voices in your head and saying exactly what your book is called. Your book is called Mama, I'm Enough. Yes. Yep. It's Mama, You You Are are enough. Enough. Mama, you are enough. You are enough. And it's how to create calm, joy, and confidence within the chaos of motherhood. And exactly, right? Then that's right. what we need to create because it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. It, come, it, it comes in bits and pieces. But in order to be able to enjoy it for the long term, we have to know that we are enough. And it's funny because somebody asked me last week if I had one thing that I think it was one term that I wanted to leave the world with that I was known for. And I said, you are enough. Oh, I love that. You are enough because we're so busy doing more to feel validated and to feel better and to show up better to everyone else to say, did I create my mission in life? Did I, did, is my, is this my purpose? But did you look at yourself and say, how are you doing today? What do you need? What do you need? And I want to tell you that my, and I'm convinced that 10 years ago, it was May 10 years ago, my anniversary is coming up in two years, in two weeks, my 10 year anniversary to my major collapse that brought me into life after a lot of work. But what I noticed after going to a lot of soul searching and tons of therapies and psychiatrists and healers, the one thing that I, that I noticed was that I never asked myself, what do you want? When people asked you for sense, sure, 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 sure. Even though inside I'm dying, I'm dying. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, it's not okay. No, you hurt me. And I'm going to tell you that you can't do that. No, this is a boundary you cross and it's not okay. And my biggest collapse came because I did not feel worthy and I was enough to say what I needed. That's so powerful. How brave are you? to pay attention and to know that you needed more and the active path that you took to shed those layers of false beliefs that you didn't matter, that something was wrong with you, that you were deficit in some way and you shed that and you healed. And that is a beautiful, powerful journey that now you can turn into giving and being of service to others. I'm still working on it, Dr. Claire. I'm not there. (laughs) We all are, right? Right. right. The thing is like, I think this idea that we, you know, that's why I use the word journey because nothing is one. We don't arrive somewhere and then stop. It's a constant motion. And sometimes we weave back into these old patterns and have to revisit it and say, oh, I need to heal another layer and another layer. And wow, I can see the progress here. But but to your credit, I think that when it comes to health and well-being and, and healing, there are many different ways to do that. And choosing the healthy ways, ways that that help you grow, that help you heal are so important. And it does start within a stable foundation that starts with physical health. And then we build in those other layers, you know, of how we do we take care of our body? How do we, you know, give ourselves permission to rest? 
give ourselves permission to have joy, heal those critical thoughts. Because here's the amazing thing is no one really understands our thoughts unless we share them. So true. We want everybody to read our minds, but they're not mind readers. We're not mind. But, and here's the important thing is though, when we're children, when we're babies, that's the role of our parents is to intuit and understand what we need, how our voice gets shaped to advocate, to be okay with things. You know, one of the things that we say in my family, you know, and again, you know, I'll say this is that, you know, even with my skills, with my training, with my passion, I'm human. I make mistakes. I have really rough days with my kids. I have days where I have regrets. So there's nothing perfect. There's no perfect mother. We're all in process. There are days where you have those critical voices and you have to say to yourself, how is this helpful right now? And, and, you know, so two things I always say, you know, with my girls is it is okay to have feelings honor them, take care of them, understand them. But it's not okay to take those feelings out and harm. And when you make a mistake, right? When you make a mistake or you yell or you do something, you cross a line or you do something that you have guilt, right? Because moms are filled with regret and guilt. (laughs) If that's an opportunity where you can really look at that and grow and say, how do I do something different next time? Then that is the beauty of suffering. You know, we, we turn it into something we can use and growth and, and meaning and meaning. And so, you know, I think that the, I read something and actually I saw it in a documentary years ago about the Dalai Lama and it was a documentary about following him during one of his days. And, um, he shared that he always takes a shower or bathes at the end of the night as this ritual to, to kind of end the day. So he starts the new day ready. Oh, I love that. And it's beautiful. And sometimes when I have those really rough days of mothering um, or exhaustion, I say to myself, all right, is there a ritual? Maybe it's an Epsom salt bath where I say to my husband and kids, I'm, I'm off the grid. I'm yes. claiming the time. Yes. Here are the goodnight kisses. Like I, I, I go into that Epsom salt bath mm. and I, I quietly pray. I meditate. Right. And I release and I try to learn if there's been an, a regret and right. try to center myself and claim that time. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I often find myself saying, wow, I really messed up with this. I messed up with that. But my healer taught me to say, notice what you feel regret about, but immediately turn it into, so what can I do better next time to improve? Because if we just sit and regret, it's harmful. So sometimes we have to regret it for a little bit longer, but then set set some kind of um, awareness that we're not just going to live in shame and sadness and frustration and like hating ourselves, self-hate. How could I have done that? How could I have said that? How could I show up like that? Immediately turning it into, okay, I'm going to try, try, because we can't promise to show up differently like this or like that and turn it into meaning and growth. I love that. I completely support and echo that sentiment. And here's the thing that's so fascinating. Don't we do that with our children? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So again, like, I think that's the part about motherhood we forget is that we're human and we're not meant, we're we're in process. We're we're, we're on this journey. And, you know, I'm sure you can relate to the statement that I'm going to say, but, you know, 
each one of your five children has taught you things that you didn't even know you needed to learn. And still learning. I'm still learning. I'm humbled by that. I'm humbled at the sacredness of being a mother and the witnessing of uh, their journey as individuals unfolding. And how do I allow them to be who they are? And that's a lot of, you know, the, the, the work that I do is taking some pressure off mothers that our children have choices and we're not meant to keep them from learning the skills they need to learn. And what they're gifted with. And what they're gifted with. So, you know, sometimes, you know, your child may cross a line and has been disrespectful and you need some space from your child. They need to learn that that's, you cannot be disrespectful. You can't be hurtful to your sibling. Okay, I understand you're upset about X, Y, Z, but let's learn the skills to manage that. And so we model that for our kids. And in those moments where we make a mistake as a parent, my goodness, that's a beautiful opportunity to say, I raised my voice, I yelled, I know you were scared. I could see it in your eyes. I was scared too. And you know what? I'm so sorry. And it may take a little time for you to understand that I'm really sorry, but I'm really sorry. So here's what I'm going to do. I would like to tell you that next time when mommy gets to that point, I'm going to go take a break. I noticed that in my neck and in my stomach, I was getting tense. If I had paid attention to that, I could have taken a break sooner. When you get upset with you know, your sister where do you feel it? And we can teach them, you know, teach them because our body and our mind gives us cues before we erupt, you know, before we lose it. And we're usually not paying attention to those signals. We're just like running it like a red light. Or telling them, oh, that was wrong. You cannot do that again. But why? That's brilliant, by the way. I need to use that with my children about like noticing the feelings and that's going on when we when we get hurt, offended, frustrated, scared, anxiety, where, where do we feel that feeling and have the cl- clues and maybe come and tell me or maybe do your, your, your own thing that you say, okay, I need a little time out. I need a drink. We need to stop. Don't talk to me. Whatever it needs. I need to leave the room. I don't know. But some kind of an awareness that they're aware that something is happening inside them. Exactly. I love doing those skills training, you know, like my daughters, you know, of course now with COVID always home, but, um, but you know, when we were in, you know, they'd come home from school and snack time was a time we touch base and, um, as well as dinner time and other times of the day, but that was a, you know, you know, a great time to touch base. And when they would say things like, you know, this happened to me at recess, um, I felt left out. I heard a friend say, you know, something private that they weren't supposed to share. The first thing, one of the first things I do on top of, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that with me, how my heart hurts for you. I'm, I understand how painful that must've been or what feeling were you feeling? I always say, where did you feel it in your body? So let's use that. When someone crosses a boundary, we usually feel it in our body. I, I, uh, I must, must, must exercise. Is this in your book? Yeah, so the, I want to tell you a quick story about the book. The book is something that grew out of um, meditating and driving to work one day and just thinking about the, I had been meditating in the morning and I was driving to work and I was just feeling the collective stress with the women I was working with. I got this inspiration to write the book. It was in 2014, 15, but it really came to fruition in 2016. And the manuscript, the proposal was rejected either 24 or 25 times. No. Yes. No, you are some courageous woman. 
I tell you, right? Thank you for that. Thank oh you. my God. And it was really interesting. I'll share this with you because I have a literary agent. Her name is Regina Brooks and in New York City, Serendipity Literary Agency. We met in 2016 at this conference for writers and medical professionals. And she believed in me. And so, you know, that is what carried me. The belief from my parents, my friends, my husband, my girls, my the community at Mom's Wellbeing um, that helped me weather that storm. And when the book, the, the feedback that we received on the book, we love this book. We love the content, but it's really intense. It's I mean, intense. It's hard work. work. <laughs> it's hard work. And motherhood. And so some of the feedback was, we cannot wait to buy this book and we wish you the best, but it's not for us. Or, you know what? Motherhood needs to be not so, like, not so um, serious. We want it to be funny. We want motherhood to be uh, playful. And I said, I, that is not what I'm seeing. That's not what I'm experiencing. That's not what I'm hearing. So this book is really, it, it's, it's uplifting and it's beautiful and it's revealing and it's, um, it's very honest. And it's an honest look at the emotions that I call the shadow emotions, anger, sadness, disgust, fear, and, um, and, and anxiety, and, and worry, um, and shame, and guilt, and embarrassment, these shadow emotions. And I take you know, moms through, how does that look in motherhood? How can you look at your thoughts and take care of those thoughts? And what are the action plans you can take today to take care of yourself? So let's say you're having a moment where you're feeling a lot of guilt. You go to the section in the book that's on guilt and you read a narrative that I've written um, from my heart and and from my experience and you can sink into it and say, and you're going to see yourself in there. Yeah. You're going to see yourself in that chapter because it's written from a universal standpoint. We all go through this and then you'll get some really great ideas on how to manage that guilt. And, and every chapter ends with a meditation on reminding you how to be loving and compassionate to yourself. Because that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. If you want to be a good mom, you got to love yourself and take care of yourself first. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that on days that I don't take care of myself, I'm an awful mom. Seriously, I'm not joking. I am not joking. And I'm going to say this out loud. When I don't do my morning meditation, when I don't do the breakfast bananas that I, my fruit till noon, when I don't, when I don't just have quiet time, when my kids walk in the door after school, it's very short till I fall apart. And I'm not showing up properly. But when I do give myself time and I do meditate and if I exercise or yoga, whatever it is, if, it, if I just need a day to do nothing. And I learned that only after a long time. And you know how I learned that, Dr. Claire? I want to tell you, I looked around and I said, who are mothers that I respect and why? And when I noticed that the mothers that have the, the most boundaries and self-love and compassion and say no to a lot, those are the mothers that I respect as a mother. Isn't that interesting? Look around and you're going to see. You're going to notice there's a pattern. There is a pattern. That's brilliant. I love your gift of observation. Oh, don't. It's not such a gift because sometimes I overthink and it takes me to very dark places. But when we, when I like through my healing process, I learned to really absorb, like observe in order to learn not to 
to say, oh, I'm not enough. Oh, I'm not enough. I could do better. That was my big, my big wake up call of saying, no, in order to stay mentally healthy. And, and I want to say this, Dr. Claire, and you're going to say that I'm correct. So many women end up with depression and anxiety and other mental illnesses is because they didn't take care of themselves, not because it was some kind of chemical imbalance. The chemical imbalance came from years of suppressing feelings and not showing up for themselves and not taking care and awful voices in our head that you were talking about before. So it's so true. It's so true. And that, that is why the physical impact of stress on our immune system, on our mental health, it's getting surges of chemicals that, you know, stress is a chemical response that organizes and motivates and moves us and gets us going too much over time for long periods of time creates a vulnerability. It's what we call in the diathesis stress model. So it's a very technical term, which means our predisposition given certain external circumstances of stress or lack of self-care or um, not prioritizing what we need, like, right? Nobody can sleep for you. Only you can do that for yourself. Nobody can eat for you. Only you can do that for yourself. When we do that, it has a stacking effect on our mental health and physical health. And then we end up in crisis. One of the things that I took ownership of in terms of my own calling in, in, in the work that I do was a year ago, you know, uh, the, book, the book was acquired in August of 2019 by Page Street Publishing, which is distributed by Macmillan. And when that happened, it was the most gorgeous moment. It was just a beautiful moment. And I had the most amazing team at Page Street, a, a wonderful editor named Sarah and a copy editor, Nicole, and the head of the publishing company, Will. They were all so wonderful as a first-time author, just giving me this voice and allowing this voice that needed to be shared and, and not censoring, you know, really supporting and helping me refine this message to this gorgeous book that I'm so proud of. And the, the, the life journey of a book from acquisition to, to bookshelf, bookstores, about up to 18 months to two years. Because I had written so much of it, it was acquired in 2019, August, and it's coming out in June. Wow. So it's like nine months, which is wow. exactly how long a baby takes, right? Oh my God. <laughs> like, which is amazing. So it's like a nine-month journey. And oh, wow. um. And I feel like the world really, really, really needs this book right now. And you have no idea, especially now. Oh my God. Especially the, now. Everybody's doubting their parenting after being home with their children for so long. Do right. I care it, enough? Is this what I wanted? Am I showing up properly? Where am I as a woman? Where am I as a wife? Where am I as my, in my own journey of life? Where am I? Am I enough? All these questions all, a thousand times a day. I know. And now we're having to look at it. Right. Like a microscope all yes. the time. Oh, this is a gift to the world. Oh my God. Oh my God. A well, gift. I, feel, I feel like it to, to, to be part of this body of work is I, I like, it is a gift. It is a yeah. gift, a beautiful journey. And one of the things that I did before that, because I said, you know what, I'm not waiting for, I'm not waiting for a publishing house about yeah. a year ago. Yeah. And I created an online course yeah. from surviving to thriving, how to create you know, how, what, what is it? I can't even remember the title. Oh, how to create, um, creating a thriving mama mode with joy, calm, and happiness. We're going to put it all in the show notes. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to actually, I would love to mail you a copy of this yeah. work. Oh, I so would love it. I would love yeah. it. Yes. So, 
And it's, it's a hundred pages of this workbook. Um, it's three hours of a podcast, you know, in small snippets. So there's 13 modules and I go over self-care, well-being, physical health, mental health, emotional health, nurturing your soul, you know, all these things. And then I, I take you through working through how to do that. And I cut the course um, price in half right now. It's $49. Oh my God. $49. That's a steal. Right? Because I knew I, I, don't, I wanted to get to as many women as I could. And, and men can take it too, it, it, but it's, you know, it's, it's through the, the lens of mothers. And the workbook, if you want the hard copy, it's you know, $30 extra, but you get the whole downloadable PDF with the course. And the reason why is because that is the foundation that complements this book. Because I couldn't do both, right? So this is the foundation, this, this course. You can listen to it on an MP3, on an iTunes. You can see it in a video. It's no more than 20 minutes each. And it's going to remind you and create that foundation that's going to help you take care of yourself. Will it be good also for people that for women that are depleted already that feel like, oh no, I, I'm done. I can't do this. I messed up too many times. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I feel unworthy. I feel empty. Does it give that the guy to ignite the self-worth and compassion? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I think that's so important. One of the things that I did, and again, it was towards the end, I wrote a little, there's a little note from me, but I wrote something called the Thriving Mama Manifesto. It's a reminder and I, we probably don't have time to read it, but it's just, I'll, I'll read a couple sentences Okay, for great. You. Go ahead. Okay. It starts with, I am enough. I am more than enough. I am more than my behaviors, my choices, my circumstances, and my personal history. I have gifts and abilities unique to me and share with my family and the world. I am committed to taking care of my physical, emotional, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. Taking care of myself is not selfish or wrong. It does not take away from my family. When I take care of myself, doing what's needed to be healthy, rested, and restored, I am able to care for my family with intention and meaning. When I respond to myself and others from a place of thriving, Rather than surviving, I am giving myself and my family an enormous gift. Taking care of myself is a practice, a belief, and an acknowledgement that I matter. Oh, can you email me that just that part? I will. And it goes on. There's another half page because I love words. So but give me yeah. both because I want to post that. I think it's so important. It's so important. And this is what we should read every morning and every night. And if we have time, put it on our fridge that we can glance at it. But before, when you wake up in the morning, read it to yourself. I always say, have these words of affirmation that give yourself, even if you don't believe in it now yet. Um, I just spoke to a psychologist last week and she says that sometimes uh, she, she, when it came to self-care and she, she's, uh, she calls herself a perfectionist, uh, a recovering perfectionist. And she says that self-love and care is the foundation of mental health stability. And she says, if you have a hard time reading something like that and believing, say, I start off, I want to believe that. Love I want it. to get to, because our mind will right away shut off. No, I'm not enough. No, I don't deserve. So say, I want to get to believe that and then read the affirmation that you just read. I want to feel that. 
I want to get to. And then the more we read it, then we, we remove that I want to because we're going to start feeling it. It's That's beautiful. It's so true. Yeah, because it's a lot true. of women are going to do that. No, I'm not. I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. Yes, you are. Well, you are. And I will share this is that in, in 20 some years of being a therapist in all those different capacities, no one ever comes or rarely, I can't say never, has someone come to me and said, I, I, I wish I had a different mother. This is not how children think. A mother walks into the room and a child feels something, right? A child is suffering wherever you are and says, I want my mom, no matter what the age. Even when our mothers make mistakes and have hurt us and disappointed us, we still yearn for them. And so let's remember to see ourselves through the beauty and the unconditional love and lack of judgment that our children have for us. Amen. I'm so, I'm so happy. I, I have a million questions. You know what, Dr. Claire, I feel like we just touched the surface of what needs to be spoken about. I want to give a month for your book to be out in the public. And then I want to deep dive into real tips that we can give mothers, real tips. How do we ignite it when someone abusive was in our family that shattered all of our self-beliefs? How do we, how do we stay positive with our self-worth when someone keeps on putting us down? If it's a friend, if it's a colleague, if it's a boss, if it's a mother, if it's a partner, if it's children, sometimes children know how to really get to us. So how do we stay on top of the game when it's really hard? I think that I get a lot of these requests and I want to have you on again that we can deep dive into this because I think it's so important, so it's important. Great. And everybody wants to be healthy. And I see the more women call me, the more I see that when I ask them, do you thank yourself? Do you give yourself time? Do you know you're worthy? And the and there's no, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't. All the reasons why they can't, they don't believe, that's the foundation. It's the number one thing. And once you um, tap into it, the joy, the energy you sh you're served with for yourself, for your husband, for your children, for your partner, for your colleagues, for your boss, for your dream, for whatever it is, it's just at a different level. And it starts with the voices, as you said, the voices in your head. You don't, if you don't have money for therapy, it's fine. If you don't have a library, that's fine. If you don't have a t time for massage, that's fine. I mean, get there one day, hopefully, but start with being your best friend. Fall in, so fall in love with yourself. Take care of yourself. Talk nicely to yourself. It doesn't cost money. You could talk to yourself all the time and <laughs> you do talk to yourself all the time. When I, really, I know. And so uh, be intentional, yes. be intentional, be kind. And, and that is, a, I, I would welcome an opportunity to talk through more specifics, how to, how to really work on those emotional boundaries, the, the, the social boundaries of, of what happens when there's toxic places or relationships that we're not able to fully um, disconnect from. How do we stay healthy in those environments? Um, I'd, I'd be thrilled to, to talk with you more. It's been such a joy to connect with you today. Wow. I feel so rejuvenated just talking to you. And I'm so grateful for your book, Mama, You Are Enough. Go grab it. It's coming out in June. So you can pre-order it in Amazon right? Yes. So you can go to um, momswellbeing.com 
And um, there's a bunch of different places you can pre-order it. Um, but yes, it's up for pre-order. And today is the 13th of May. I believe I get to see what the book looks like in a couple of weeks. I think they send me the, the preview. So I can't wait to hold it. And, yeah, and, and send me send me a picture. We'll put it on Instagram. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit because it, especially now more than ever in our generation, do we need to reinforce this that we are enough, we're worthy? be kind to herself more than ever. Like, I, I feel like God planned this year at 2016 and all the rejections you got was a gift to the world that should come out now. Like, uh, I don't know. I really feel that because if it would come out two years ago, it wouldn't be at many mamas that understand how they need it right now, you know? So thank you. I, I have felt so. that. Thank you so much. Because, you know, one of the places that I was rejected from that it looked at me for like four months would never have approved some of the things I wrote about, you know, because it was very medically focused. Um, and, and and medical, there's a lot of holistic parts of medicine, but medicine, you know, is a different way of thinking. So this is a very holistic book. I love it. Because um, so that's what we're a part of, medical, holistic, we're a combination of energy, body, thoughts, everybody around us. We're just, we're, we're not just medical. We're so complex. And we We're have to so complex mind, body, it, spirit. Yes, and we have to put it all together and know what what part is the most important for us. And each one has a different recipe. What makes them up? But it's all part of all of it. And you can't disconnect from one of it because it just it falls apart if not. It just doesn't get nurtured. That part doesn't get nurtured. So I'm so grateful. And check out Dr. Claire's podcast in session with Dr. Claire. Is it on all the platforms? Is it on can you find it everywhere? Well, you can find it on my website, Dr. Claire Nikagosi and iTunes. I believe so. Dr. Claire, thank you for joining us. Check out Dr. Claire's book. Mama, You Are Enough, Dr. Claire's In Session with Dr. Claire's podcast and your website. Everything will be in the show notes. If anybody is listening and knows a mama that can use this, one mama, there's, there must be one mama that you can say, oh my God, she can use this. So either gift her the book or gift her this episode or send her a link to Dr. Claire's podcast. The website has a lot of resources. Dr. Claire's website has a lot of resources. We're so fortunate that we have all these resources. So think of one mama that could use it and share it with them. And if you have any more insights, please share with us on hope to recharge.com. Join our mailing list that you can hear everything that's going on there. And Dr. Claire, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This has really lifted my heart today and I love the work you're doing. It's really a gift for so many. Thank you everybody for tuning in and bye till next time. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.